a lot of people get stuck at eight, then maybe a little bit more a month. And they are so afraid to delegate because their belief is nobody can do it better than me, which is the worst belief to have. If you want to scale, my belief was there are people who can do it much better than I can. And this belief I had to change to get to the next level. I started to be a leader because I started to have team. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I'm really looking forward to diving in today around a topic that is often not really given the importance, I guess, that it deserves. You know, if to move our business into the seven figures, we often look for tactics and strategies where really the foundation to all of this is your mindset. And that's what we're going to discuss today. And I've invited Vash Tamanik onto the show to discuss this with me. So welcome to the show, Vash. Thank you for having me. So tell me whereabouts in the world are you right now? I'm currently in the Czech Republic, so I will be a few hours behind you. Just a few. I'm finishing my day, <laughs> you're starting your day, and I think this is a great way for both of us to end and begin our days, have this conversation. <laughs> so you're super young, you're still in your <laughs> 20s, and you've built multiple successful businesses. Tell us how you, I guess, cracked the code for yourself, because you don't come from a traditional business background. You don't have entrepreneurial parents. How did you make that, I guess, gear shift to creating your mm. first successful company? Yeah, so a little backstory. Until 23, I was still, my last job was delivering food for Uber Eats. So I didn't have any entrepreneurial background. And until I read the book, Reach Dad, Poor Dad, I thought I will be an employee. But that book opened my eyes to what's possible. But I wanted to have my own business, but what a lot of people do, like myself, oh, one day, one day, or, yeah. you know, once I have the idea, once the time is right, and I'm postponing, 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 until one day I'm delivering the food for Uber Eats, I meet the other delivery guys who are much older than me, and I realize how unhappy they are. They mm. can't provide for their families what they want, they can't give them the time, the vacations, these things. And I could see this sadness or suffering in them. And that's when this fire was kind of lit up in me when I was like, no more, I'm going after that. And really analyzing back what I've done for all three of my businesses. So my first business was marketing agency. That's when I had the first seven figure mark. And then I started coaching because people start coming to me. How come I did it so quickly? Mm -hmm. And the five steps I use. First, I knew exactly what I want. A lot of people nowadays don't know what they want. It's like go opening Google Maps. What is the mm -hmm. first thing you need to put there? Where are you going? Because Absolutely. otherwise you don't know if you should go right, left or turn around. So first, I knew exactly what I wanted. But a lot of people can set goals. There's nothing like wow about it. But my second thing was I had strong reason why I'm not going to give up until I achieve it. Mm -hmm. So my reason why. One of them was never sit on the bike ever again and deliver the food and be unhappy like these guys. And second, I had my 
ex-girlfriend back then in another country so I, I was always like so sad leaving her so I wanted to create an incredible life for us mm -hmm. so I would never miss a day I would never give up because I had strong reason why mm. third was I had to be practical a lot of people don't take practical steps every day to grow the business Mm -hmm. So I didn't obsess about my logo. <laughs> I didn't uh -huh. obsess about my website because so many people focus on five months on logo and website, but they don't have the business. Mm -hmm. I rather created a logo in five minutes in Canva and created my website using some software in, again, a few hours. But what were three things I committed to do every day for the next 90 days? I call it 90 day challenge. So 90 days, what are three things I will do daily? First, I would record 10 videos to potential customers. That was my outreach to get meetings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So first was outreach, practical step to grow the business. Second, if you get a meeting, but you don't know how to close, good luck, <laughs> you know? Yeah, huh? <laughs> so I would study sales every day for two hours. Now our close rate is 85%. No way. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, that's awesome. It's not a coincidence. So basically I focus on this because I knew once I get meeting, I need to close them. And second, my first goal was to hit $10,000 a month in 90 days, mm -hmm. even though I was delivering food for Uber Eats, no experience, no capital, which was outrageous back then to me. But what happened is I use visualization to get familiar with that number, to get familiar that I can do it. And that was my third step to kind of achieving it. And last step of this framework, we could call it, is I ask myself this, who do I need to become to achieve that mm. goal? Because Absolutely. if you're currently making six figures, the guy making seven figures is far different from you. Mm -hmm. He acts differently. He thinks differently. He feels differently. And the same was for me. The guy delivering food for Uber is, is far different from the guy making $10,000 a month and is consider himself a successful business owner. Yeah. So I had to change myself to get where I'm today multiple times. <laughs> I love it. Already so much gold drops there. And you and I have got very similar stories because I left my first corporate job at 21 to start my first business nice. for exactly the same reason. <laughs> we were in an open plan office and I looked around the office one day and it just hit me like a light bulb. No one is smiling. It felt like I was looking into a crystal ball into my future and I went, <laughs> I just do not want this. So I totally understand that feeling. Amazing. Now, you mentioned lots of things there already. For someone that has been an Uber Eats delivery driver and a person that mm -hmm. has and is a multiple seven-figure business owner, you talked about who is it that you need to become? Who is that person that you need to be right now? Can you tell us what are the differences between the way a seven-figure business owner thinks and a six-figure business owner and someone that hasn't even cracked six figures? Because yeah. we hear a lot of people talking about who they need to become, but let's like put this in concrete. What does it really mean? Yes. First of all, a lot of people pretend they're confused. They pretend, oh, I don't know how he would act, but all of us know that he wouldn't be doing the things we are doing. So, <laughs> so first I want to keep it simple. So I wrote it only three to five things for new thoughts new actions and new feelings. So only uh -huh. three to five to keep it simple. And basically when I started, I was shy, not confident. I was procrastinating, having some bad habits. So what I changed first, he would be confident. 
Because a lot of people tell me, once I close the first deal, I will be confident. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Mm -hmm. That's the <laughs> other way around. You need to be first confident to close the deal because the mm -hmm. man with most conviction will win. So first was he would be confident. Then I wrote down he would execute his three daily priorities every day. He would cut out Netflix. He will cut out social media. He wouldn't worry what other people will think of him. So these were few examples. Mm -hmm. Then I hit 10K. I started scaling further, so I had to upgrade myself again mm -hmm. because I can't be no longer one-man show mm -hmm. because a lot of people get stuck at eight, 10, maybe a little bit more a month, and they are so afraid to delegate because their belief is nobody can do it better than me, which is the oh worst goodness, belief yes. to have if mm -hmm. you want to scale. My belief was there are people who can do it much better than I can. Mm-hmm. And this belief I had to change to get to the next level. I started to be a leader because I started to have team. So I started to embodying him. So I would say the biggest difference between six figures and seven figures, at least high level, would be this person is a leader. He's working on the business rather than in the business. You know, the task he doesn't enjoy, he doesn't bring additional value, he delegates. Of course, mm -hmm. in my coaching business, I want to be the coach. I don't want to delegate the coaching. But now for the higher program, I'm the coach. But for the lower program, we have trained coaches already. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. because my time is limited. So he's thinking more like a leader working on the business. Second, he also basically know how to motivate people because, again, he needs to work with maybe two people, five people, 10 people. But people don't know how to motivate people. They motivate the way they want to be motivated, not how people want to be motivated. So everybody is a little bit different. So really, I would say the overall principle in this would be being the leader, tracking the numbers, I would say a second, really looking in the numbers, don't being naive a little bit. Yeah, 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 it's working. How much meetings did you book last month? Uh, uh. I don't know. How much did you close? I don't know. What's your conversion rate? Uh, I don't know. You know, a lot of people hope they will get to seven figures. I mm. want to make sure I get there. Mm, yeah, we can't build a business on hopium, as my friend Tim Hyde <laughs> says. There is no hopium in building seven figure businesses. There are certainly things that go in our favor, but it's not all built on hope and just, you know, throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping yeah. it will stick. Now, one of the things you mentioned there was that you, uh, one of the key things was to motivate others and it's not the way that we're motivated. Can you talk more to that? Yes. So we want to motivate people the way they would like to be motivated. And again, it comes down to usually to a few things. For some, it's the financial resources. For some, it's more time freedom. Let's say they want to travel or spend time with their family. To some, it's the growth. So they want to grow and let's say income can be secondary to them. Mm -hmm. And fourth one is more the culture. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves, part of a team. So especially unless you have maybe 20 employees, you should know how all employees are being motivated. So I know, hey, this person wants to pay off his mortgage. So income is very important to him. So he had good month. Let me pay him more. Okay, this person, on the other hand, for example, wants to take some time off because he loves surfing. Okay, I might give him week off extra, for example. Or this person loves to grow. Okay, I can give him some course or invest in his education. 
in that way i'm motivating people the way they want to be motivated because some mm. people want certainty they want to be certain they can stay in the job that they will always be in this company some people want to be more recognized again so knowing the difference will help you build a team that will stay with you for years if not decades mm, i love that so much and it's so important to recognize that the people that are working for you are all unique as you say i think that that makes a huge difference to how your team shows up to work that's something that i've always noticed and the businesses that i've worked with that also notice with their teams you can see the culture in their teams yeah. in a such a st much stronger way than you know the people that are just like oh their team and you know yeah. whatever that is yeah it's truly i believe about leading by example like what i would add to who you need to become is really being in charge of your emotions we can say because you could be on a team call they tell you hey this stop working we have this big problem there is chargeback i don't know and if the leader will get angry or can't get a handle of his emotions again that will impact the whole team and the whole business mm. so being in charge of or being able to handle his emotions and really setting the standard you know walking the talk i know when big problem arises everybody's freaking out at the beginning i say simple solutions guys and everybody mm -hmm. now know what it means it means there is always a simple solution we just make it bigger by our reaction so yeah, really installing culture of winners where everybody wins. Do you know, I really love that. I have not heard anyone say that. Tim and I recorded an episode. I'll have to have a look back and see what number and I'll pop it in the show notes. But we talked about, about that basically, that things will go wrong, but it's how you talk to your team or, or what the culture is in your team with how you get over that. And the episode was all about helping your team understand that failure is part of innovation. Mm -hmm. But I love simple solutions. I'm going to borrow that if I can and share that <laughs> with my team because I really like that. I think we can often get caught in a problem being, you know, huge when most of the time it's not as big as what we're thinking it is. Another friend of mine said to me a little while ago that, you need to crack a few eggs to make an omelet in that <laughs> things are going to go wrong all the time. And as a business owner, you need to actually understand that they're going to go wrong all the time. And I'm not just talking about monthly, like it happens weekly or daily, but it depends how you perceive the problem. Is it a problem or is it an opportunity to create a new system or an opportunity to dial in your ideal client avatar or an opportunity to, you know, insert whatever it is here. And I think that when you can really take your mindset to the place of how can I turn this into an opportunity or where's the opportunity here? That's when you can really turn things around. Exactly. Because the main thing is this. I know we were trying to crack the 100k month uh, a few months ago and everybody was like, oh, sh how, how we will make it work. This didn't work the way we wanted. I told them, guys, we'll hit 100k month anyway. And then what? Then we probably say, now we go to 200K. Okay, then what? Then we go higher and higher. So the journey never ends. But if you're always obsessing about the next destinations, you're missing out this journey. So for the listeners who is at 5K, 10K a month, and trying to hit 15K, 20K, whatever it is, you will get there one day eventually. 
you will try multiple things, you will upgrade yourself and eventually you get there. But can you look back and say, I had fun along the way? Can you look back and say, wow, what a journey? Or would you say, oh, finally, I hit it. So I just know that all of us will hit the goals if we are persistent, if we are consistently doing something that grows the business. But I don't want to get to the destination, look back and say, man, I didn't enjoy it at all. It was always mm. pushing, forcing and stuff like that. Mm, so well said. How have you personally dealt with setting big goals, you know, for right back from when you wanted to hit that first $10,000 month to, you know, your 20,000, 30,000 to 100,000 mm -hmm. and still enjoyed the journey? How do you balance or how have you balanced, you know, knowing what that goal is, but also enjoying things along the way? Yeah, probably three things or three levels how I will answer it first. First is 100%. I believe we first need to act like it's already done before we get there. So even though I was making zero money with my first business, I was already acting, feeling and thinking like a 10k version of myself. Mm -hmm. Because people expect to get new results staying the same person that never works. They are always like, Oh, once I hit the 10k, then I would say no, you need to act like him now. So almost I feel like the 10K, 100K, it's already done. So that's the first thing. So it's no longer like when we will arrive there, how far we are. No, it's just I feel we are already there. So that's the first thing. Second is presence. Nowadays, through social media, the attention span is just <laughs> terrible. And people are at lunch thinking about dinner, at vacation thinking about work, at work thinking about vacation. There are always few minutes, few hours, few days ahead of the moment. Mm. So until you train yourself and it's truly training like a muscle in the gym, until you train yourself to be here and now where you're on a podcast, you're on the podcast. When you're eating lunch, you're eating lunch. When you have conversation with your spouse, you are with that person. Then you will always live in the future or in the past and the life will just be some you know, it's almost like, blah, like nothing happened. You know, you just don't remember much. Mm. So that's a second thing. And third one is really reframing each task, like something to enjoy. I believe we can enjoy anything. If you hate accounting, let's say doing accounting, and I, I would put you in a prison for a month, you would enjoy accounting. You would do anything. <laughs> oh, I, I, I wish I could do accounting. So I always find something, even if it's a little ridiculous, but we can truly change the meaning. And when we change the meaning, we change the feeling. Mm. So what I do, for example, is that when I used to do accounting myself, I would be, oh, this is boring. I was like, man, if you're doing accounting, it means few things. First, you have business. Second, you're profitable, man. So mm -hmm. already this small, small reframe changed a little bit how I felt about the tasks and that's the way I do it. So when I have to do something, I don't do it. I will change the meaning until I say I'm excited to do it because you don't have to do anything. I believe that a lot of entrepreneurs put themselves in a prison. They have keys to. Ah. So they tell me I have to go to the gym. I have to jump on a coaching call. I have to do my accounting. I have to No, you are choosing it. You can today decide to drop the clients. You can decide today not to do accounting. It's up to you. 
but you are choosing to do it. That's the main thing. There's big difference emotionally, how you feel about, I have to go to the gym compared to, man, I'm excited. I'm choosing to go to the gym. Just a small words make big difference. Oh my goodness. That is so good. I love that. At any time we can choose to let any of it go. I often talk about the fact that I don't like accounting and I talk about it on the show. Mm -hmm. I don't like numbers, mm -hmm. but what I do love is getting spreadsheets and putting in different numbers, like, and not manipulating them to lie about them, but manipulating them to show, well, if I just like change my conversion rate by 1%, mm. what does that number look like? And if I increase the number of leads that I've got, how does that change the end number? And I love playing around with spreadsheets and it gets me excited. And it almost is like, mm -hmm. I create this little game for myself. Oh, yeah. well, if I want to get that number, you know, which lever could I pull? And when I realized and I realized this years and years and years ago that I love doing that. And my ex-business partner, he used to be able to like create spreadsheets. I don't do them at all. <laughs> and I'd say, can you create a spreadsheet that does this, this, and this? And he'd, yeah, yeah, give me a couple hours. And I used <laughs> to love playing with them and sharing them with my staff as well or my team and showing them how the numbers change. And like, you know, now how could we create a game to make this happen? And like bringing them in on it as well. And it really changed my thought patterns around numbers. Very good. Very good. Exactly. So you, you know how to do it already. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I know how to get out of doing something that I hate. <laughs> That's more what it is. <laughs> uh, where you are now, where do you foresee your business is going to be in, in three years time? Again, when people ask me, what's the goal in two years, five years, I tell them this. If you asked me three years ago when I started that I will be where I'm today, I would say that would be probably 20 year vision, mm -hmm. you know, because when we set a vision, we always operate from a limited state of mind mm -hmm. because we know only our current experiences. So I never set more than a yearly goal because i know that where i will be in three years could be far 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 different than what i, I would tell you today so where i foresee it coming is this i believe we will just continue doing what we are doing at mass scale because our programs are all scalable and we will start doing more in-person coaching because we now do four events per year where we kind of fly our top 20 students and it's just incredible like online coaching mm. is incredible because we can impact people all around the world but still you can't kind of replace the in-person contact so I, I believe we would go a little more old school way uh, with some programs and do it in person and almost doing these immersions for a few days because i coach usually people in their 20s and 30s and because of, again of social media and maybe even during the pandemic people don't meet that much and always they tell me i don't have people around me who have similar goals who are driven as i am and they feel their environment is not supporting them rather it's dragging them down oh i have to visit my family or these things they say or my old friends so it's almost creating these communities of winners again people who just want more from life and they support each other because I truly believe in growth, in accountability with other people. I always have accountability partner. I always have a person that we are on the same journey together because you just go faster.
Mm, couldn't agree more. Where do you find or where did you find your accountability partner? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is big warning, I would say, is that a lot of accountability partners are not really all in, <laughs> you know, so mm -hmm. you might be the one who is like pushing, messaging them and they just don't message back. So for me, what happened is was a little coincidence that I created, I believe I invested in a mentor. So one on one coach. And basically, I was so showing up like a person he would love to hang out with almost I was showing up like the leader I wanted to be. I did everything well that after the three month coaching, we stayed in touch. I visited him and stuff like that. And we continued the relationship. So I believe you'll person needs to get in a circle where he's the worst in a way because mm -hmm. you don't want to be the best in the group because it means that you are not growing anymore mm -hmm. and to get to these groups where you will be among the worst let's say it still means that you need to bring some value to the table yes. you need to show yeah, yeah. up you need to give some value up front because this coach really helped me grow uh, myself really but he had also side business that was similar to my first business. So I was giving him value for free about how to grow it, maybe how I do certain processes. And I gave value up front, expecting nothing back, but it always, always returns. So yes, I believe a lot of people want to be among high achievers, but they are not high achievers themselves. And mm -hmm. I know it's painful true to hear, but that's it. They want to be among the top, but what they are bringing to the table. Yeah. They hit snooze button. They are not showing up like the man they want to be or woman they want to be. They are procrastinating or they're having bad habits. Okay. You honestly you don't belong there. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. I love that. You have to show up to be the person that gives value. And well, you know, we often hear people saying lead with value first and what I have found is that even though a lot of people say that there's only a certain percentage of people that live that, <laughs> Yes. that, you know, they will say, you know, lead with value first, but then, oh, they don't want to be part of giving away some sort of value for free yeah. or they, you know, don't show up. Yeah. They cancel meetings all the time. So yeah, definitely when you show up as that leader, that definitely helps you to be surrounded by the people that you want to be surrounded by. A hundred percent, hundred percent become so good that people want to be with you. I know, uh, you know, at the beginning I was just doors closed. I was going all in on myself. You know, nobody's watching. I'm meditating. I'm improving my skills in front of a mirror. I'm practicing my communication sales skills because I was this shy guy. English is not my first language. Mm. I was not confident, but I totally, totally transformed myself. And again, I don't probably need to say it. You could probably see it or hear it. So the thing is that I was working on myself behind the doors. Nobody saw it, but mm. then people started to see the value I can bring. And they was like, I want to take you for dinner. Hey, you're invited to this event. So become so good in privacy that people will start to acknowledge it publicly because mm. all the public wins I have are just byproduct of the thousands of hours that nobody but myself saw. 
So that would be another point. And giving the value up front is incredible. And I would adhere something for the coaching business that worked really well for us. And again, mm -hmm. you can take it or leave it. For us, it was, we know that a, even a customer that pays you only $1 is 20 times more valuable than a free guy mm -hmm. who, let's say, downloads your ebook. And so we decided to do one thing. A lot of people do ebooks, these PDFs, and I'm like, cool, but you know, what's the real value? So with my business partner, we recorded a course that probably people would pay $1,000 for, mm -hmm. honestly, $500,000 easy high quality, so much value. And we gave it for $7. Mm -hmm. Why $7? Because if it was $1, people would think maybe they want to just take my card and it's a little sketchy. $7 is not that much. So people take it. But what happens, people go through the course, they realize, man, this is similar to the course I paid $750 a year ago. How much value will be in the higher programs? Mm -hmm. So that's just something we've done. And again, somebody can take inspiration if it makes sense for their coaching business. Love it, love it, love it. At what point did you, because you are so young, decide to work with a coach yourself? Yeah, so that's how it all started. Since I started three years ago, I always have a coach. I invested over, I think, $400,000 in myself. So I believe there are three best investments, my business, my employees and myself. Mm -hmm. People ask me, where do you put your money in stocks? I said, no, not really. <laughs> it's me, my business or my employees, because yes, stocks at this point can make, let's say 10% a year. But if I put it in business, it can do 200% until I got to a point where, of course, I put something aside. Yeah. But at the beginning, especially I earned 10K, I put it in a coach. I earned 10K, put it in a program. So I'm always, always, always investing in myself because that's something that nobody will take from me. You know, even yeah. if everything crumbled, I have skills that nobody can take away. That's why a lot of millionaires, if you tell them, hey, if you lost it all, what would happen? They would say, I would make it back in a month <laughs> because yeah, they absolutely. have the skills. And a lot of them have lost it. Yeah, exactly. So I tell people this, I always look for the fast track. People tell me you're so young. But yeah, that's the thing. I just jump on a fast track. I just have a faster car because instead of me trying to do it myself, wasting a lot of energy, time, money, making a lot of mistakes, why not take a guy who already walked the path? He can show me the shortcuts. He can show me what routes to avoid. Why would I not pay him? So mm. I paid my first coach, got to the 10K that he was promising, then found another coach who was promising 50K, then found another coach. You know, then I wanted to become better at relationships because they are great source of joy, but also great source of suffering. And if you had just an argument with your partner, good luck focusing on something exactly. else. <laughs> so, so a lot of people, I go to their library in, at their home and I see all the books, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win and Influence People. And I ask them, where is your relationships book? There is a hundred books on personal development and business. They say, oh, I don't have any. So I wanted to master relationship because they had such an impact on our life. But it's an area that most people don't master. You know, I wanted to become better at fitness. I would get a coach, even for hobbies. If I want to play guitar, why would I learn it from YouTube, which is like the slowest way to learn? <laughs> why not get a coach who can 
see how I'm doing it. So I see it as a progression as the income grows. First, we start with books, YouTube videos, then we go to courses, then we go to group coaching, then we go to one-on-one, -on -one, and then we go to seminars. So as my income grew, I just get more and more access to the person I want to be with. Mm, love that so much. Vash, you've delivered a lot of value today. It's been super and awesome conversation. To wrap this up, what is one thing that you want our listeners to take away from today's episode and either implement or think about or, yeah. or you know, really take their, their thinking to the next level? Yeah, even though mindset can be broad, I want to make it practical. I'm a very practical guy. So I want the listener not just to say that it was a great conversation and move on with their life. I want to mm -hmm. really think about at least one, two things they can apply immediately into their life so they get some value. And if I could advise the, the listeners, I would say this, really take two pieces of paper on the left side, put the old self. You can give it a name. My old self when I started was sluggish Vash because that guy <laughs> was procrastinating. I, I wanted to clearly define the old self and new self and I wanted to give it a name. So sluggish Vash. And I wrote down thoughts that are not serving me. So the thoughts were, I will do it tomorrow. The thoughts were like, what if it doesn't work? Thoughts were like the market is saturated. So I wrote down all the thoughts that were limiting me. Then I wrote down behaviors watching too much Netflix, overchecking social media, comparing myself to others, all of that. And then what are the feelings that are limiting me? Bored, tired, these kind of feelings. And on the other side, write down the new self and give it the name. For me, it was a winner rush. You know, when I was then leveling up, it was a leader, you know, so give it a name. And then what are the new thoughts, new behaviors, new feelings? And then to your best, best, best abilities, try to be the new self today. And the more you embody the new self, the results will follow inevitably. Mm, love that so much. So definitely go write your three <laughs> lists, even if you want to be turned into leader or whatever it is uh -huh. that you want to do and take action on it because it's the action that's going to make the change, not the thoughts. Thanks so much, Vash, for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the Coaches, Thought Leaders and Changemakers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com.